Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So, everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will- Seven Footers Gang, thank you for rocking with us, especially every Tuesday when you catch our 5.30 live betting segment where Gerard wins you guys some money. Mm-hmm. How you doing over there, money man? Listen, I'm trying to get these people to get some cash. We got about three weeks left in the season. Most teams have anywhere between 10 and 12 games left. I mean, this is it. Jenna, we're limping towards the postseason. <laughs> I love it. When I saw today's topic of our or summary of our episode where you said we were limping to the end of the season, it is true for some teams. Let us tell you that really quick because we'll get to it. We're going to talk about everything from the race to the play-in to the postseason and the Lakers and LeBron James maybe not even making it. Yeah, we'll get there. But let's talk about the MVP race because you mentioned that a lot of There aren't a lot of games left, I should say. And that means there is less time for players to make their case. We already told you guys last week about Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, the two big men in the league who've apparently silently within each other agreed that they wanted a big man to win the race. But let's talk about Devin Booker and the number one Suns in the West because uh, he might have a little chip on his shoulder as he makes his case for the last couple weeks here because right before we recorded this on Tuesday, we caught this tweet from OG Isaiah Thomas, and he said, quote, let it be known, Devin Booker, the Suns, the NBA League hashtag MVP conversation, best record leading scorer has always been part of the hashtag criteria. So Devin Booker caught that, and he said, quote, appreciate it, IT, but the, quote, criteria changes depending on player's name. So what is that, Gerard, the crypticness of all of that? Is he saying, <laughs> it, I'm asking this, is he saying really the MVP race is a popularity contest? Jenna, he he's certainly alluding to that, and he wouldn't be wrong. Look, OG Isaiah Thomas said it, Booker's alluding to it. The criteria does in fact change every single year for how and when the voters decide who is the most valuable player. Is it the best player on the best team? Is it the player that puts up the most outstanding numbers in a season? I mean, every year it seems that we change and shift the reasons behind that. Is it the quote-unquote best player in the world? Um, You know, it it, it is – it just changes because humans vote on it and, you know, we get tired of someone always winning and it's someone else's turn and all these kinds of – there's so many different elements that go into it. And Booker being the leading scorer – on the best team in the league by the way from start to finish of the regular season the phoenix suns yeah someone from the suns should be involved in the mvp conversation now the reason that they are not is because the suns are viewed more as a collective 
whereas these other teams have singular superstars, right, who are just dominating and doing these amazing things. But that should not take away from what a player like Devin Booker and or Chris Paul is doing. Um, do I have them as MVPs? No, but, um, you know, they're certainly in the conversation. And, you know, Jenna, for me, you know what I love using when we talk about MVPs is basketball references uh, win shares for 48. Because, as you know, for the last mm, 10 years, the person who's led the league in win shares for 48 has won the MVP nine of the 10 seasons. We all know the season that that didn't happen. That was the year that Russell Westbrook won the MVP and Kevin Durant led the league in win shares for 48. But the narrative was, oh, Kevin left Russ by himself. Look at these great numbers he's putting up. Triple-doubles, ba-ba-ba-ba, Oklahoma City. Well, we know that was nonsense because Russ averaged triple-double two or three more seasons and didn't finish top five in any of those seasons. So it's just, again, the voters just vote on what stories they like and what's, what's a better story to tell. And I think this year, the two great stories to tell are Joel Embiid winning his first and Nikola Jokic, look what he's doing, dragging... Uh, a team with basically without a second and third best player to a top six spot in, in, in the, in the West. And I will say just for anybody out there who wants to know among people who are in the MVP conversation, win shares per 48, these are the league leaders. Jokic is number one at 0.294. Giannis is second at 0.290. Joel Embiid is fifth at 0.254. The two players in the middle, interestingly enough, Rudy Gobert is third at 0.270. Robert Williams fourth 0.260. Right. So your top three guys are within the top five of win shares for 48. Chris Paul is 11th at 0.212. Uh, Kevin Durant is 14th at 0.198. LeBron's 18th at 0.181. Steph Curry, 20th, 0.178, so on and so forth. But you get the point. You get what I'm saying. Um, the Suns, coincidentally, have a few players in the top 25 of the win shares for 48. Right. So that gives that builds into the idea of the collective. But I do think mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas and Booker are correct in that the criteria changes every year. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that one. And, you know, you made a good point with the Suns. They are seen more as a collective. I really didn't think about that until you said it like that. And, you know, you're right. And I feel like Booker always gets snubbed in some type of capacity for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's because he's a quieter guy or he kind of has just had this surge under the Chris Paul mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, Suns mm -hmm. era. So very interesting. But yeah, that race to MVP is going to be interesting. And, you know, people go with the narrative, too, that a big man isn't exactly the sexiest pick. And I don't mean that by looks or salaciousness. I mean that as a word that people in sports media describe as like the appealing pick, like a LeBron James or a Giannis Antetokounmpo have to, you know, let y'all know what I meant there. Cause you know, it gets a little wild up in these streets sometimes. Um, but as we continue to talk about the race to the plane, which to this day, March 22nd is three weeks away. I think I was never good at math. You know that. <laughs> so let's talk about the teams that are teetering that, um, what is it? Six. Uh, right. So top six are in the playoffs. Six, seven, and once eight. you're seven through 10, that's the plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's get into these uh, teams here and Cleveland and Toronto, because mm -hmm. we say these two teams in the East there because they are what we are one, two games. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the next one game. One game. One game. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, they're one game separating each other. So as we get towards the end of the stretch here, a couple more games left. I mean, it's really anyone's game at that point. Mm -hmm. And once you fall into that seven spot, Gerard, as we all know, that's when you fall into play in tournament Correct. contention, which let's differentiate it for the casual fan. That is not the postseason. Yeah. That is, you are in a race and a play in to make the postseason. So let's just separate that right there. And the Raptors and the Cavs here, I mean, it, like I said, it's anyone's game. Talk to me about who you think is really going to take this six seed down the stretch to escape that playing tournament. It's tough. The the Raptors have been playing well. Scotty Barnes and that and Pascal Siakam is starting to play like an All NBA guy. He really has been since about mid January or so, and they've been excellent uh, lately. Um, you know, when Cleveland has faltered a little bit after their amazing start uh, to the year, they were top three. They were third at one point. Now fall to six. Um, Cleveland's still ahead of schedule, so nothing to freak out about there. Jared Allen being out, injured, it has hurt them. Uh, mm-hmm. He's expected back, though, uh, by the time the play-in slash postseason begins. Look, I think Toronto might actually pull past them. One game separates them right now. I think Toronto has the easier schedule left, um, so I, I could see Toronto passing them. And that's interesting, Jenna, because that affects the Brooklyn Nets because it's unlikely the Nets catch Toronto – um, just because, again, mm-hmm. Toronto's easy schedule and with Kyrie only being able to play home games, there's only like two or three more home games left. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, only being able to play road games, there's only two or three road games left. You know, it, it's limited to the impact he can have. Um, mm-hmm. That if the Raptors were to remain in seven, okay, and the Nets were eight, it would be a road game in Toronto. Well, unvaccinated players, Kyrie Irving, not allowed to go play in Toronto. So it would just be Kevin Durant and the healthy Nets that are available. But if it happens to be that uh, Toronto leapfrogs and pushes up into the top six and Cleveland drops into seven and Cleveland holds seven, it would be then Nets at Cleveland. Kyrie can go to that game and play on the road and you'll have the Nets in their full complement minus Ben Simmons. And we'll get to that later. um, And that will give them a better chance. And remember in the play in seven, eight, the winner of that is automatically the seventh seed. The loser plays the winner of the nine, 10 matchup for the eight seed. Exactly. And that would be interesting to see if uh, Kyrie and the Nets go to Cleveland to play that series. And it's also interesting that the Raptors are surging now because we were just not too long ago talking about Cleveland and the run that they were on. So that one is going to be good. So keep your eye on the Cavs and Raptors there as we head into the last few weeks of the season here. Now, moving over to the West, let's talk about two teams, Denver and Minnesota, that are teetering that 6-7 spot. Now, they're also neck and neck here. So who do you think is going to pull this one out? Because the Timber Puppies have been showing out, and like you mentioned earlier in the episode, Nikola Jokic, they are kind of... They're riding on fumes with this team at this point, unless we have two players that could return Mm. in Jamal Murray and MPJ, because rumor has it around these NBA streets that they could be returning for the postseason. Maybe MPJ reportedly ahead of Jamal Murray on that recovery schedule for their separate injuries. Yeah. First of all, Jenna, let's give credit to the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. Like the Timber Puppies, man, eight and two in their last 10 uh, they have just been playing some seriously good basketball. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is playing like an all NBA caliber player. And dare I say, he will be the third team center on this on, on all NBA this year, dislodging Rudy Gobert, I think. 
Um, and it's it's just incredible what they're doing. Of course, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, um, everybody on that team kind of fits. And Patrick Beverly's infused them with like a toughness and a certain style of play, and they don't back down. And you know, look, we talked about Denver. They are on fumes. Jokic has been excellent all season. He is either your, I mean, it's funny. I said this to the guys in the text chat the other day. It depends on what day of the week it is. So on Sunday, I was like, no, it's definitely Embiid. Monday, I was like, no, nah, it's Jokic. I mean, it's who the MVP is. It literally, my mind changes every day. That's how good both these men are. So one of one of those two, Jokic might be finished worst or second in the MVP in the MVP uh, discussion, but it's, it's fascinating. And if that happens where the nuggets fall and they get to seven, now it's nuggets Clippers, right? And everybody assumes, all right, nuggets have home court. Let's say they win, by the way, nuggets and Clippers play tonight. Watch our betting segment, get a little preview of that game. Um, That would be seven match. Seven C would be nuggets versus the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs which is very interesting, right? If you're Memphis, do you want a Nuggets team that could potentially bring back MPJ and Jamal Murray and or Jamal Murray or a Timberwolves team with Carl Anthony Towns who is a matchup nightmare and a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I love my Grizzly Cubs, but, you know, that'll either one, that's a tough first-round opponent. Um, now, Grizzlies will have home court advantage, so good on them. But it, it will be it'll be tough. I could see either of those series going six or seven games. That's some fascinating stuff we're seeing there in in the in the in the play in playoff like that six seven. Everybody's about it's either one game in the East or half a game in the West. That's exciting down the stretch. And look, you know uh, the play in has served its purpose. It's it's exciting. People are like, oh my god, these last few games matter. And getting into the playoffs, and we'll see. Anything can happen once you're in. And it's also interesting, too, uh, you have Denver in that, on the cusp of that playing spot. So, again, I know MVP is a regular season award, but you don't expect your MVP to be eliminated that early. And I say that because Jokic is in the conversation, of course. So, it'll be interesting in so many different ways going down the stretch. I can't wait to see how it plays out. But until then, we have to talk about the ailing Lakers because... (laughs) Yeah, they're in the 10th seed, guys. You want to know where the 10th seed is? That is under the Pelicans. You want to know why the Pelicans are there? I don't know. I, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Jenna, Damn it. Yo, your, your Lakers might, look, look. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, are they going to fall out of the plan? They could. I doubt it. San Antonio is just, they're three games back. Lakers are just moved back into ninth. They're one game up on the Pelicans. The Pelicans lost last night. They won. But it's, man, this was the Lakers were the preseason betting favorites. Literally, preseason betting favorites. And not to mention, let's say, hypothetically speaking, that the Lakers don't make the play-in or they get eliminated before the postseason. When was the last time a team that had the leading scorer in the entire league <laughs> not make you the see, you, you, see you, you, you see you see what you're doing you you holding on to this you, you you're like a real lebron man well all you got to hold on to is scoring titles because you know he ain't winning no nba titles this season so you're like scoring champ lebron's gonna be scoring champ <laughs> yeah okay i deserve that he deserves that we all deserve that that's that's fine you know what let's just shift to a happier note and talk about how LeBron James returned to Cleveland on Monday and 
the Lakers beat the Cavs 131 to 120. But that doesn't matter. The win doesn't matter. They're in the 10th seed, whatever. What mattered was the fact that he had a terribly disastrous poster on his former teammate, Kevin Love, uh, right before the second half there. I mean, he just completely wrecked Love. And Love was ready for the charge. He fell to the floor, you know, rolled out of bounds. It was all fun and games because he put LBJ in a headlock after that. They did their handshake from the 2016 championship days when they beat the Warriors (laughs) four to three in that series. Oh, my God. But let's stay in the present because I'll start to cry. (laughs) That was a nice little uh, moment there, though. And then they took it to social media. And, you know, LeBron was like, he choked the shit out of me. Kevin Love was like, I'm not talking to you for two days. And it was it was all funny games. And then, of course, Richard Jefferson jumps in and says, what did I miss? So it, it was all good. It was on your highlight reels, everybody. Go check it out. LBJ is still... See, this Still is running it out here. This is how you. This this is how sad it has gotten, folks. For LeBron fans, that this is what they have to hold on to is LeBron and Kevin Love joking about when they were winning together in 2016, and how he almost posterized him, and LeBron going for scoring titles. My, how the mighty have fallen. My, my, my. Look, let's just end this Lakers situation real quick and just say, lovely for LeBron that he and K Love had that lovely moment hilarious jokes memes let's put it up everywhere lakers let's keep it a buck they ain't doing nothing okay all right like they win let's say they win the game against the pelicans okay 9 10 right cool then they get to play the clippers let's say they beat the clippers okay cool eight seed your gift los angeles lakers is the phoenix suns in round one which anthony davis you said last season Oh, they know they got lucky. I was hurt. Okay, my guy. We'll see. We'll see how it looks this season. By the way, you're hurt again this year. And it doesn't matter because the Suns have been the best team all season beginning to end. Yeah, it's not looking good. (laughs) It's not. So... Let's just move over to the East. Who let's wants to talk up, about yeah. that anymore? No. Um, <laughs> let's discuss the Nets because right now, Kevin Durant and the Nets, they are in the eighth seed in the East. And their Kyrie Irving situation is still playing out and it's still stagnant, meaning Kyrie Irving cannot play at Barclays Center. And that is a serious problem when you're talking about facing teams like Toronto and, you know, the Knicks, Milwaukee. not like that it would ever matter. Uh, you know, <laughs> Philly. But for real, the mayor comes out and says in the most recent statement this week that New York teams must wait for the loosened COVID-19 restrictions, meaning like just like anybody else in the rest of New York City waiting for those restrictions to lift at their workplaces, so do these athletes. So what does this exactly mean for the Nets right now at this point in the in, in the season with – Three weeks to go until the postseason, and I they're mean, in that play-in tournament jeopardy pool. The, the the Nets, I will say right now, are playing pretty good basketball. Um, they have won six of their last ten games. Uh, they've won five of their last six. Um, you know, their Kevin Durant is looking like, oh, I was never out all season. Uh, had a big win last night against the Utah Jazz. He was masterful in that game. Look, mm-hmm. if you have Kevin Durant and just some dudes, you got a chance, right? There's still a chance they're going to win because that's how good that dude is. Um, of course, they would love to have Kyrie back, and they will have him on the road, uh, except in Toronto. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, you know, look, if the mandate gets eased in the private sector sometime in April, 
well, that's in time for the playoffs, right? So if the Nets are able to, you know, win their one playing round, because it looks like they're likely to stay there, unless Cleveland or Toronto start really falling back to the pack and the Nets keep winning and they somehow fight their way into that sixth seed. It's possible, sure, mm-hmm. but they're running out of time, right? There's only a handful of games, 10, 11 games left. So there's not a whole lot of time to make up that ground. And, you know, the Nets know that. And I think their position is, look, we are where we are. This season, this season has been what it is. We're going to just roll our dice with who we got and we believe we'll be able to play with whomever once we got number seven. Absolutely. And staying on the topic of the Nets, they, of course, are waiting for the debut of their newest superstar in Ben Simmons. But before that win over the Jazz that you mentioned, uh, Coach Steve Nash said that Simmons has a herniated disc or herniated discs in his back from a couple years ago that they are rehabbing and working through and there was some sort of flare up. So... He got an epidural shot, and they're still hoping for him to make his debut. But again, let me preface this, that he has 11 regular season games to make that debut. And then the postseason, which, hey, it's anybody's game at this point. But, you know, it's the Nets and it's Kevin Durant. So, you know, let's not worry as much. But again, with that Kyrie Irving situation, with the vaccine mandate, I mean, you just don't know. But what about Ben Simmons here? I mean, it's not looking great. I, I doubt he plays in the regular season. I mean, with 11 games left, there's probably not a chance for that. Um, he does yeah. uh, with the epidural. The hope there is that he can alleviate the pain. And this is something that Simmons has been dealing with for the past couple of years. Uh, he did mm-hmm. miss uh, some time, uh, a decent amount of time a couple of years ago with the same uh, the same back issue. Backs are tricky, as we know. Um, if you're the Nets, the, this is the future of your franchise, along with Kevin Durant. Like, no need to rush. The odds of you winning a championship are not likely anyway this season. So what's the point of rushing him back this postseason to potentially get hurt again? If he somehow, because the point, Jenna, is he has to feel well enough to then graduate from individual work to get on the court and start playing contact five on five. None of that's happened yet, right? So the likelihood of him making, as I said, regular season, out of the question. Um, And then to bring him back in the pressure cooker of a play-in or playoffs, I think that's also highly unlikely. So Nash remains optimistic because that's who he is. Um, but I doubt we see Ben Simmons this season. Yeah, couldn't agree more there. And, you know, like you said, why why rush him back at this point? So we shall see what happens in Brooklyn. But they're, you know, looking to make that playoff push, of course. So we will see. And, you know, Gerard will keep us updated on all things Brooklyn, as he always does. But let's talk about... Steph Curry, because Mm. just when the Warriors got the band back together, Mm -hmm. Steph suffered a foot injury and he was in a walking boot. So what is the deal with Steph? How much can this hurt the Warriors in the West in that race, especially with the Suns who Chris Paul starting to warm up a little bit? Just saying. Um, So the Warriors will likely not have a chance to get the two seed. Memphis is likely going to hold on to that. So the Warriors now look like they're in the third spot. But if they slip, you know, Utah is only, last time I checked, they're only a game and a half back of of the of uh, the Warriors. So, you know, uh, or two and a half, excuse me. Um, so anything could happen there. Um, so I would watch that. Look, no Steph Curry, Jenna, and you're not winning a title. That's just facts. Like they, they're, they're, this team will not win a championship without Steph Curry. Um, 
So they need to get him back. And then no matter where they're seated, they feel confident they can play well. But again, you know, it depends on where they are. So let's say they get that third seed. Let's say Denver manages to hold on to six and they get Porter Jr. back and Murray back. Well, now you got a different looking Denver team as a 3-6 matchup. A little bit harder for you now, right? Because the Timberwolves, they probably feel less confident, le- less concerned. But Carl Anthony Towns, matchup nightmare, right? That's a problem. Uh, and Pat Bev will get in Steph's kitchen and really, you know, he'll 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 bug him and play good defense and irritate and do all that. The last thing you'd want coming off an injury is to play seven series against seven game series against that dude, right? That doesn't sound fun. So you know, if you're if you're a Warriors fan, you were feeling pretty good, I would say, you know, around January February, like all right, we're looking good when the band gets back together. Now, a little trepidatious. Hell yeah, let's talk about it, but. We got to move on to the Sixers now because little uh, little guy down there named Tyrese Maxey went off mm. in a win against the Heat last night without mm-hmm. James Harden mm-hmm. and MVP candidate Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. which says a lot when you're going up against the Eastern Conference leading Miami Heat, who appeared to have an issue last night somewhere within everything. Here, here but you know, a great game. Yeah, it was it, it was a tough game. Look, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't going take, well for them. I don't want to take too much out of this game, but I will say Tyrese yeah. Maxey is going to be an important player for the Sixers come this postseason. He is, in effect, Jenna, their third best player. Because remember, when the Harden trade was going down for Simmons, one of the sticking points for Daryl Morey was, we are not including Tyrese Maxey in this deal. Which, to me, says he then is your third most important player behind Embiid and Harden. So mm-hmm. Maxie's going to have to play well this postseason if Philly thinks they're going to compete and get to a conference finals, okay? Now, he's had bright spots and good play all season long, but let's remember, he's only in year two, okay? So, and now thrust into where it's not just, oh, whatever we get from you is positive. It's like, no, we're actually counting on you in the postseason to deliver, right? That's a different kind of pressure. So we will see how Maxie does with that, but he's been a bright spot for them all along. I think Philly's got a good one there in him. Absolutely. With Tyrese Maxey, and this isn't anything against him, but with Tyrese Maxey as your third best player, do you really think they have a shot at a conference? I mean, that's tough. Conference that, that, finals? That's tough, right? Because that's the question you're asking, right? It's like, so basically what you're asking he's is- He's a sophomore. Can, can Tyrese Maxey be the third best player on a championship team, right? That is, that is what mm-hmm. you're asking. And right now, it may seem a little early for that to be the case, right? Given what we think of the top teams in the league and who their third best players are, right? If you look at the defending champions, well, their third best player is Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a lot better than Tyrese Maxey, right? Right, like, when you're so looking at it like that. Th- th- these are the questions you're asking yourself. It's like, okay, and when you look at who's number three, it's like, mm, that's, you know, but could Maxey develop into that? He could. But again, all of this, or, or all this postseason, everything now is going to be good reference points for him going forward. One hundred percent. Let's move on and talk about a quick incident that occurred this week when the Trailblazers played the Pacers. Now, this whole viral video with Nurkic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. showing him approaching a fan slowly but grabbing the phone out of his hand. They exchange words. You can't really hear on the videos um, online that like what they're saying, but then Yahoo sports comes out with a report that this fan allegedly said lewd comments to Nurkic about his mother and his grandmother specifically. And Mm. as some of you may know, his grandmother passed away from COVID. So, 
you know, just sensitive topic all around, even when you are talking mm-hmm. about, like, you just don't do that. So uh, then it comes out that the league has fined Nurkic $40,000 for this incident. So, you know, people, of course, have their two cents to put in. They're angry on social media, this and that, due to the sensitivity of the comments. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, the whole situation also goes back to fan behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not too long ago that, you know, we're hearing about different things. Players are getting hit with things. The language. We just talked about the Westbrook chance. Like, at what point is it too much? And what do you do at this point? I mean, Jenna, you know my, my feelings on this. Like, if these are things that you would not say to a person randomly on the street for fear that you will get punched in your face, don't say them in in that setting, right? The only reason why these fans do it is because they know the athletes cannot do anything to them, right? Because they will be penalized. And, you know, it's just like, bro, you're courtside at an NBA game. What what are you doing? Why is that? Why is that your mindset? Why are you mad, bro? Right? Like, why are you not enjoying the fact that you're watching some of the best athletes in the world play ball and you have the best seat in the house? Instead, you're out here like talking junk and trying to involve yourself. It's just, Listen, you know how I feel about fans, generally speaking. So I'll just leave it there. Big facts. Couldn't agree more. And let's move on and talk about our top five. Mm. Who are our top five teams that we think are the best playing teams in the league right now? East and West, give me your top five. Jenna, I'm going to go Milwaukee Bucks at five. Mm. At, At number four. I'm going to go wait for it. Wait for it. The Minnesota Timberwolves. I like it. I like it a lot. At number three, my Memphis Grizzly Cubs. At number two, the red hot Boston Celtics. And at number one, and they've been number one all season long, Jenna. No Chris Paul, no DeAndre Ayton, no Devin Booker, no problem. Phoenix Suns. Love to hear it. That's a good top five, Gerard. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. My top five. We are going to go number five. I am going with the Timberwolves. They've been playing amazing. You guys know what it is. My number four team is the Celtics. They are not higher up on that list because, you know, they've been close and we know what they're <laughs> doing already. But there's other teams that are impressing me more this okay. week. So that was my number four. My number three is the Grizzlies. And my number two is the 76ers. Mm. And my number one, the Red Hot Phoenix Suns, for mm. all the reasons that you have also said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just, you know, I would love Phoenix to have another shot at a championship this year. I'd love to see them go back and whomever they yep. play, I'd love to see that matchup again. Uh, but yeah, Phoenix has just been the best team all season long and kudos to kudos to them. I know that's right. All right, Gerard guys, thank you for sticking with us. You know, what's up ride this out the whole season with us every single Wednesday. You know what it is. Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that jazz. And of course, at seven footers pod on twitter at seven footers podcast on instagram at js hector at gentleman selly and until next time peace (laughs) 
Spent a couple years out here with these raps. Trying to have a plan that we made come true. Plotted some jobs, but I ain't here back. I don't want to trap. What's a man going to do? Chevy told me come through to the spot. Got a little kickback. Bring the whole crew. Right around 10, came dressed in the nines. You already know what we really finna do.